Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Everybody shout fulfilled. Fulfilled. Last week we began the month of August with this goal to define what being fulfilled looks like. And what we had to understand is a lot of times we think about it as a feeling towards ourselves. I'm fulfilled. But we understand that particularly we base that on the end results, what the achievements become. But here's the thing, the results are not in our control. So you can be fulfilled even when you don't get that fuzzy feeling and feel those satisfactory feelings. You know why? Because our fulfillment is in obedience of doing what God asks us to do. And Solomon, he searched through wisdom and pleasures and achievements and relationships, and he summed it up best in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. This is man's all. That's what fulfillment really is. Now today, if you'll turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 3, I want to focus <coughs> excuse me, on the man Christ Jesus and how that in his earthly life, he fulfilled the eternal purpose of God. And not only do I pray that you'll learn about Jesus, but since Jesus is our example, and since he influences us, now revealed in the Holy Spirit, we can obtain fulfillment. Look at your neighbor say, you can be fulfilled. Oh, come on now. Look at somebody else say, you can be fulfilled. You know how you do it? Like Jesus, be obedient to the Father's will. Hallelujah. My, my, I believe something else is breaking, that we're, we're, we're breaking through something here. And I pray in Jesus' name we'll never be the same again. When we come and worship, let's touch heaven. And we have today, haven't we? Praise God. Matthew chapter number 3, verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? But Jesus answered, said to him, Permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And the Bible says he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom, what? I am well pleased. I would like to pull for a subject a focal topic from verse number 15. And I want to preach to you by the help of the Lord to fulfill all righteousness. To fulfill all righteousness. How many are ready to receive from the word of the Lord? I'm not interested in making speeches. I'm interested in hearing from heaven. How about you? 
Would you then talk to Jesus right now and begin to prepare your hearts? Father, we love you. We thank you for this, this privilege. It's a privilege to join together as a church family on campus, live stream. It's a privilege, Lord, to be together. And I pray that you'd help us, that you'd anoint my mind, that you'd anoint the ears of your hearers, that you would melt our hearts together for your spirit to do the work. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Everybody said, Amen. Shout what you feel like shouting to the Lord. Out loud to him, he's worthy of praise. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the name of Jesus. Praise God. I would ask you to smile, but I wouldn't know if you did it or not. I can tell with the eyes. Christ's very first words in the Gospel of Matthew occur in the context of baptism. The first recorded event in the adult life of Christ is his baptism by John the Baptist. It begs the question, why was Jesus baptized? What was the purpose of Jesus' baptism? If you're taking notes, I'm going to give you a few reasons. Number one, I'll give you the reason he was not baptized. He was not baptized because he needed remission of sins. No, no, no. First Peter tells us that he committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. So the first thing I've got to tell you is it wasn't because of sin. But another reason or purpose for Jesus' baptism is found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, and that is it was an example to follow. Peter said, for this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Jesus, the perfect man, accepted baptism in obedience to the will of the Father. I think it's interesting also in terms of example, Jesus even showed us how to be baptized. He was in a river, the Jordan River, and he came up immediately from the water and he was baptized. If you are baptized according to the example of Jesus, you will be immersed completely under in his name. Church history may have changed something out of convenience, but the Bible has not changed. You are immersed in the name of Jesus. Now, the third reason that I see purpose for his baptism was the launch of his earthly public ministry. It was his inauguration. I just mentioned to you this already. It's scripted here in Matthew's gospel. The first recorded event. Jesus' first recorded words, the beginning, the launch. <clears throat> Luke mentions that he's about 30 years of age at this time. And from this baptism, it started something. And we read of the first disciples, the giving of the Sermon on the Mount, all the accounts of his ministry. It all began after this baptism. But the fourth purpose, and the one we're going to look at today, 
is to fulfill all righteousness. You say, wow, where'd you get that? From verse 15. Jesus provides here in the text, he came to fulfill all righteousness. And indeed he came, and indeed he fulfilled all righteousness. Work with me here, and let's dive into what does that really mean? Now, Matthew is the only uh, gospel writer that records John's objection to Jesus' request to be baptized. John tried to talk him out of it. He said, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, so why are you coming to me? Hear me, John recognized Jesus didn't meet the requirements for his baptism. John was baptizing for repentance from sin. So he said, wait a minute, you're not a candidate for my ministry. How did Jesus respond to that? He said, John, it's fitting for me to take part in your baptism so that I can fulfill all righteousness. What's that mean? Well, in the New Testament, righteousness serves kind of a technical, theological term. That's, that's, it, it conveys, this is important, it conveys God's approval. Let me, I, I'll try to help you with some practical ways to remember some, some uh, theological terms, like justified, just as if you never sinned. At, at atonement, that means at one meant with Christ. And my little phrase for righteous is right standing. Are we good? You ever said that to somebody? Are we good? Okay, that's how I picture righteousness. Are we good, God? All right? It's, and, and when we read here today, the voice that spoke from heaven after Christ's baptism embodied this approval. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You see, righteousness is more than just a state of sinlessness. Jesus submitted to baptism not because he had sinned, but rather for the sake of righteousness. The Son of Man, he earned God's approval by his uniquely perfect obedience to the will of the Father. And that's when he fulfilled the law, which God willing, I'm going to talk about next week. Now, I, I, I'm kind of anticipating your questions here. What is the significance when he says, of all righteousness? All righteousness. Well, you know what? All of God's righteous requirements for the Messiah, it was fully met in Jesus Christ. Jesus, as the flesh of God, fulfilled all righteousness, not in view of his own justification, but to fulfill the dispensation that was committed to him, to fulfill the purpose by which he came to this earth. Every ordinance, every institution, he said everything that was required. He said, I have come to fulfill every jot and tittle of the law through myself, this God-man called Jesus Christ. The Message Bible renders Matthew 3.15 this way. Jesus insisted to John's objection. He said, do it. He said, God's work 
putting things right all these centuries is coming together right now in baptism. He said, John, I know it doesn't make sense to you, but you gotta understand everything the law and prophets said, it's coming together because I am here right now. Everybody say amen. amen. Now, I did think it was interesting. Did you notice in verse 15, Jesus says to John, it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness? I've been talking about Jesus fulfilling all righteousness. But he says to John, it's fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Now, let me tell you, Jesus through sinless humanity, he became the savior of the world. That's what it's all about, okay? But it seems to be saying here, John, I'm getting ready to help you. You've got a part in bringing the Messiah to the world as well. Oh, hallelujah. It's fitting for us. I know I'm the key player. I know I'm going to forgive and save people. But I want you to know that in your humanity, you have a purpose and a calling to fulfill all righteousness. We're going to do it together. So, Jesus says to John, I don't know, I hadn't really noticed this before, but he says to John, the Savior of the world, the God of the universe, says to John, permit it to be so now. <laughs> let it be so now. Just let it pass for the present. I know you're opposed, and no wonder you're opposed, John, because the inappropriateness of me being baptized is evident. Because, John, your message is one of repentance. And those that come to you to be baptized unto repentance, they are looking forward to a coming Messiah who would be the righteous one, who would become righteous. And he said, that's the key to it all. Amen. Just work with me, John. I'm doing this not because I need to repent, but rather to fulfill all righteousness. If I stop right now, I would hope, I would hope that you've learned something, reinforced something you knew, figured out a different way to articulate it. Come on now. Don't sit there and say, call 410-866-1086 and see what the church will tell you. You are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you need to listen, learn, and grow. But I want to help apply this. I want you to notice John's journey because it could be similar to our journey. The first thing I noticed John did was he tried to prevent Jesus. He tried to detour or dissuade him. I told you, he said, John tried to talk Jesus out of it. The Amplified says, John protested strenuously, having in mind to prevent him. I'm telling you, he didn't say, oh, come on, Jesus. I mean, evidently, he said, no way. I almost said Jose, but I won't do that, all right? 
I mean, you have to understand. Oh, listen to me right now. He said, you've got to do this, John. You and I are going to fulfill all righteousness. You're the forerunner. You're the voice crying in the wilderness. And and, and you got to do this. And the Bible says he tried to talk him out of it. He tried to prevent Jesus. And then it didn't stop there. He tried to explain it to Jesus. Oh, 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 I'm sneaking up on you right now. He said, you know, Jesus, I'm the one that really needs to be baptized by you. So why are you coming to me? Everybody all right out there? Fasten your seatbelt. You know I'm coming. But you know what the good thing is? In the midst of John's preventing Jesus trying to explain it to Jesus, he did the right thing. The Bible says he allowed him. You know who the him is? It's Jesus. Come on, are you getting the impact of this? When's the last time you allowed Jesus to do anything this week? Are you with me? John consented. John agreed to be baptized by him with true humility. He said, I'm going to yield to a higher authority in spite of my own impressions of what's correct. Mm, Hallelujah. Originally, John thought he was right. It made sense to him with the noblest intentions. But John, it is fitting, this baptism you're a part of, it's fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And you must agree, you must submit to my eternal plan right now. Did Jesus have all power and authority? You're hearing the right answer. Be bold. Did Jesus have all power and authority? Why is he asking a human to permit it, to allow it? Because by his design, there is still a necessary ingredient of allowing, of consenting, and agreeing with Jesus Christ. John is not the only one that ever believed he was right. Look right here. I don't need you to look at your husband, your wife. Look right here. I got a dear friend. Brother Scott Sistron. He says, he said, I may not always be right, but I'm never in doubt. Are you with me? We too try to prevent God from doing what he wants to do in his eternal plan through us. We too try to say, no, wait a minute. No, no, no. I'm not doing that, God. No, no. I'm not going to do that. And you know what else we do? We try to explain things to God. God, don't you understand? God doesn't, this doesn't make sense. In fact, what, what I'm saying makes sense. You're not a sinner. I baptize the repentance. I don't need to baptize you. Don't you get it, Jesus? And there's people in this room that we have done the same thing. We have tried to explain to Jesus why his plan doesn't make sense. In our humanity, 
We relate to the apostles more than we do Jesus. I heard Elder Billy Cole. Made me think about this. Jesus became one of us so he could become one of so we could become one of his. And I know we can there's no other way we can relate to a holy and loving God except he came in flesh and dwelt among us. But isn't it true that it's the stories that surround Jesus that we relate to the most in our human journey? You want me to illustrate it? I want to be like Jesus who puts the ear back on the head of the high priest's servant. But in reality, I relate more to Peter who cut the ear off in the first place. Amen. I'm thankful for every example Jesus Christ gave us in the Bible. But even evidently Paul, he saw the value of human component. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Paul said, I am a human roadmap to you Corinthians, just as others have been a roadmap to me. So with that, I'm asking you right now, put yourself in John's shoes right now. He is trying to stop it. He is trying to explain it. But something gets John's attention. But if you would go with me for a moment, imagine your work going really well. People are taking notice. Everything is growing. They're gathering at the Jordan River. Things are real. All the ministry is at a peak. You know I am doing the purpose of my Father. You know that you're preparing people for Jesus. It's all looking good until Jesus arrives. Has Jesus ever messed up your little plans? You were so fulfilled doing what God called you to do, and then Jesus shows up and he tests the integrity of John. If you're in that place, I got a question for you. Will you be able to turn your followers over to Jesus? Will you be able to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> you know what? This is what God's called me to do. But it looks like there's a shift or a change in the ministry. And now it's time to say, I must decrease and he must increase. I want to know John, he passed the test by publicly baptizing Jesus Christ. He said, it's not about me. It's about the one that is to follow me. And that's my plan. That's my part in the eternal purpose of God. You hear me today? If you're going to fulfill all righteousness, if you're going to get the approval of your Savior, it's going to come when you submit yourself to the Father's will and say, God, I'm tired of trying to stop what you're doing in my life. I'm tired of trying to explain it to you. I'm just going to say, here I am, Lord, whatever you want to do with me. And if you follow John's life, 
It wasn't always those fuzzy feelings of satisfaction. There were times he second-guessed himself and he sent word when he's in prison because of a king that it was out to get him. And he said, send word to Jesus. Are you the one or do we look for another? He had his struggles. He ended up fulfilling the purpose of God by, by being beheaded. Oh, it's not always those feelings of satisfaction, but I'm telling you, I'll be beheaded every time if I knew I'm doing the Father's will than trying to promote my own ministry, my own program, my own desires. That's what it means to fulfill all righteousness. Come on, let's lift our hands to God. Let's lift our voice to God and ask him to help us right now. Hallelujah. 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 So I'm asking you, can we like John put our egos and our profitable work aside in order to point others to him? Are we willing to lose some of our status so that everyone can be benefited? If you're here today, if you're listening to me online and you're without Jesus, you haven't been born again. You haven't, you haven't experienced him through faith and repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, you can push all the right buttons. You can, you can be the, have the Midas touch and everything you touch turns to gold. But you hear me today, unless you're fulfilling the Father's will, none of that matters. And you got to be willing to lay aside your dreams and your plans for the purpose that he's asked you to play in the kingdom of God. There's never been a grand slam home run hit with empty bases. Everybody wants the moment. left the yard but somebody has got to get on base to contribute to the grand slam are you listening to me y'all too I got microphones everywhere are you okay with not obtaining the promise and dying in faith. Oh, it's called the father of the faithful. It's called Abraham that God called to lead the nation of Israel and he died in faith not having obtained the promise. I'm telling you right now in order for us to fulfill all righteousness we've got to submit. We've got to get God's approval through submitting to his will and his plan. Hallelujah. This past Tuesday, my family, we're signed up for the first Tuesday of prayer. We have prayer teams every Tuesday. We have had and we will have all church-wide prayer meetings on a designated day, but this month, the pastor asked you to visit a Tuesday prayer meeting at least one time this month. So since he said that, I was gonna do it anyway. 
But at the conclusion of that prayer time, or in the middle of it, Brother Anthony Hansen was leading it. He was out of town last week. He would not be expressing this in the context that I've been preaching. But he said, you know, there's so much turmoil in the world, so much change, so much unrest, just a lot of stuff going on, isn't there? And he said, a lot of times we'll ask the question, what does this mean to me? How's this affecting me? And I want to quickly say, that's not the same thing as what I teach. In other words, I agree with Brother Hanson. Don't get it confused with the questions, Lord, what do you want me to learn through this? That's called discipleship and Christian growth. But, but when I heard him saying, when we're always trying to focus on, well, what does this mean to me? A pandemic, what does this mean to me? You know what the better question is? What does this mean to Jesus? He's got a design. He's got a purpose. He's got a plan. And you got to say, Lord, if you're, what are you intending to use all this stuff for, for your glory, for your kingdom? How does it fit in your eternal plan? Oh, when you heard me say I'm going to preach about fulfilled, you thought, my goodness, I'm going to get myself feeling a whole lot better about myself at the end of August. You will if you stop looking at all the obstacles and the things and try to say, oh, what does this do for me? No, say, God, help me to get in line with what this means for your kingdom. And I got to thinking about this. That's what I'm trying to convey about being fulfilled. Now, satisfaction comes to us from time to time, but it's really not about us. It's am I doing the will, plan, purpose of my Father? I'm almost done preaching his devotion. But one other thing stood to me. He said, you know, Goliath tried to set the parameters of the battle. He looked at God's people and said, if I win, your people are going to have to serve me. You know what David looked at him and said? This ain't about you, Goliath. This is God's stuff. You've defied God. You don't roll in here and try to prevent the purpose of God. You don't roll in here to explain what's going to happen. So I'm telling you right now, you look right at me. If you're trying to set the parameters, if you're trying to make the rules, if you're trying to push your own explanations, I remind you, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. This is God's stuff. If you want to gain God's approval, if you want to fulfill all righteousness, you must submit to the Father's will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray right now. Would you right now seek God in this house? The Holy Ghost is here. I can't wait for the 
I, 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 can't, I can't put this off until the clouds of a coronavirus are gone. I'm telling you right now, you've been called, I've been called to agree with Jesus. You've got to have a yes spirit. You've got to have a desire that says, you know what? I gotta, I gotta do what you've called me to do. I'm tired of trying to explain it. I'm tired of trying to prevent it. I'm gonna let go and let God. This is the key to my approval of Jesus. That's it. Come on. If you need to turn around and kneel, go ahead and do it right now. You're used to coming to the front and kneeling. Well, you can turn around and kneel in your chair right now. That's it. Come on. I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and wait till all the masks are gone for us to respond to the Father's will. You can kneel in your chair. You can you can pray sitting. You can pray standing. But somewhere we've got to wrestle with this. Come on, John. We've got to wrestle with this. That's it. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. In the name of the Lord. Not my will, but thine be done. That's it. You can sit. You can stand. You can kneel. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The key is his purpose. Has got to become my purpose. John, I get it. I'm the feature. I'm the savior of the world. But there's a component to fulfilling all righteousness. And that is that you've got to play your part in my eternal plan. That's it. Come on. Are you praying? That's it.